Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Passing Shot and our midweek ATP Tour Finals catch-up. Dominic Team stuns Federer and Djokovic. Rafael Nadal battles back from the brink against Medvedev. And Thomas Burditch is set to announce his retirement from the world of tennis. ATP Tour Finals is up and running and the group stages have not disappointed as we get closer and closer to the semi-finals. Kim, where do we begin? I think we've had some absolutely cracking three-set matches in the singles group stage over the last couple of days. Dare I say, I think they're some of the best matches that have graced the court at the O2. Would you Would you agree? Well, yeah, possibly the two best matches over the whole of its, what, 10-year ten tenure at the O2, or at least in recent years. I mean, it, they're, they're a bit like buses. You know, you wait ages <laughs> for a three-set match and then two come along at once. Um, um, but that's great. It's great for the tournament because, you know, the first set of matches were all very straightforward and uh, you thought, oh, not again, another sort of procession all year. But um, yeah, it's, it's livened up. And now we've got, you know, a cracking match coming tomorrow with uh, Djokovic and Federer, which we'll get on to preview a bit later. But yeah, I suppose um, yesterday, team, what performance? Team has probably been the absolute standout player so far at the tour finals. You know, he's come in as a sort of dark horse, you know, on the slide. He has come out and played some absolutely exceptional, exceptional tennis. And, you know, he obviously did what kind of as Zverev did last year. And he's beaten he's beaten Federer and, and Djokovic very handily um, in the in the group stages, and it's just he's he's just playing unbelievable tennis. Well, yeah, I mean, if he was like this all year, all season long, you know, he'd be like, I mean, looking at how he's played now, beating Federer and Djokovic back to back, you know, going into next year, you'd have to think like he could definitely perform better at a hard court slam. You know, obviously he's done well at Roland Garros. You know, the last two years beating Djokovic. Um, he's actually beaten Djokovic, I think, every time he's played him this year. Like He's got a good record against the top players. So perhaps we were a little foolish to overlook him in the start of this tournament because, you know, I sort of had discounted the fact that actually he'd done well against Federer this year, against Djokovic and Rafa as well, you know. I think his record against Federer this season is like three and zero. Yeah, um, I think it's getting to a point now. If he kind of continues this form, you know, we, we're obviously talking about the big three, the big three this season. But if Team continues this form, he almost could be in that sort of spot. You know, Andy Murray was in mm. you know, maybe a few seasons ago, and it could go back to a, a big four because, as you said, um, you know, Team's record against the big three is has been exceptional of late, and I think. Even though he still has a losing record against Djokovic, I think he's won like the last the last four in a row or, or something unbelievable like that. 
Well, he could be a bit like a Stan Wawrinka. You know, he could sort of steal a couple of slams over the next couple of years and then that might hold him in good stead, you know, for when the big three are kind of gone, if if team's still around as well. You know, I mean, he's got more longevity, hasn't he, still to come. So just looking like long term, you know, it does bode well that he's finally putting it together you know, against the top guys on a more consistent basis. However, you know, this is a best of three set tournament. So whether this would have happened at the AO or, you know, US Open, that, that mm. does remain to be seen. But I think he's definitely in this tournament to win it. And I can see him going all the way based on what he's done so far. I think he's, he, obviously he's been at the tour finals before. I think he's been here four times, but never, I don't think he ever got past the group stage. So I think, you know, for him coming in, I think his ambition obviously was to kind of get to the semifinals. But I think, you know, even for his fans, I think, you know, it was almost kind of beyond their wildest dreams that he would go on and, and beat, um, you know, Federer and Djokovic. And, you know, let's kind of look at those those two matches in, in particular. Let's start with kind of team Djokovic, because, again, I you know, I think that that for me has been one of the best best matches we've we've seen at the world the the, the tour finals six seven six three seven six it was just kind of high quality tennis from the first point and you know it ebbed and flowed i i actually honestly thought when it got to that final set tiebreak and i think novet Djokovic was up uh you know he was up three yeah, three yeah. love and you know you think kind of our oh, team had made a good effort but you know he's just going to come up short but you know he had that he had that belief that kind of you know, kept him in it. And yeah, it, it just kind of, he carried that through to the, you know, to the final point. And um, yeah, he just came out with an excellent victory. Yeah. And I think, you know, the fans in the arena, like really warm to him, like maybe some of them hadn't seen team play an awful lot before, you know, didn't know too much, but yeah, he's a really nice guy, isn't he, Dominic team? Like he's very hardworking and sweet and like, it's just really nice to see him bringing it to the court. And another thing, Joel, that I absolutely loved um, it's his dad. I didn't know this, but his dad's called Wolfgang, which is just the most like <laughs> Germanic name ever. I love it. Um, love it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it does mean that, you know, team's been so good. He is already secured his place in the semis. He's now got a dead rubber against Berrettini, who's been rather less good, shall we say, and has lost quite easily to both Djokovic and Federer. I think I've been reading that Berrettini actually has a pretty okay record against Dominic Team, so I don't know if that's going to be... I mean, you would expect it to be a straight set win for Team, but I think he's had a bit of trouble with him, uh, I think, this season. So, you know, it might not be a, a complete formality, but you'd expect, you know, Dominic Team after beating, you know, Federer and Djokovic to go to go 3-0 in the group. You would, and, you know, you get more points and prestige for being undefeated if, you know, you do go on to win it. So I'm sure he'll be, you know, not wanting to loosen up a bit and, you know, he's going to keep his foot on the pedal. But um, I'm sure Berrettini, on the other hand, will want to kind of get some like redemption for his week and and not go home without a win at all. But um, but it does, you know, as we said, make Djokovic Federer in the evening tomorrow. Very enticing indeed. Um I mean, I would, it, well, yeah, exactly. They Whoever wins goes through, which we haven't had that an awful lot at the O2. So it's really refreshing um, to actually have this situation. And I mean, I personally would have to go with Novak Djokovic. But I know, Joel, you've predicted Federer, haven't you, as your champion? <laughs> so are you still going for Fed? I think I'm going to have to, aren't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, I think Djokovic starts as the favourite. I think he's won their last, you know, five encounters and... Everyone remembers, you know, their their Wimbledon final where I think that was their last uh, 
that was their last match. And, and obviously Federer came agonizingly close to, to defeating Djokovic and, and stopping that, that rot. But um, I think, yeah, Djokovic does start as a favorite, but I think, you know, they've, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting because I think they're coming into this, you know, into this match, you know, from different perspectives. I think, you know, Federer has had to, you know, he, I think he rediscovered his, his best form, you know, or his, he's, he rediscovered his form at least against Berrettini. Um, whereas Djokovic, you know, you kind of felt he was still playing great tennis against, against Dominic team. You know, he's, he's played a high level of tennis in his first two matches. Whereas I think kind of with Roger Federer, he was a little bit off in that first match. So yeah, I agree. I think Djokovic's level is higher going into the match. So that's why, for me, I can't not see him winning. I do think Federer's going to have to raise his game even higher to kind of compete with Djokovic. But again, you know, you look at their records at the World Tour Finals. I don't think in all the times Roger Federer has played the Tour Finals, he's not uh, not not got out of the group stage. So mm, that is true. You know, yeah. It, it's kind of like, I, you know, I guess Djokovic is the favorite, but you know, Federer on an indoor hard court, you can't, you can't discount him. So And he'll have a home crowd with him all the way because we know how much support he gets here in London. Um, you know, if, if the Wimbledon final is anything to go by. Um, but yeah, we, we'll see. Um, very excited for that one. Um, and you yeah. know, both of them have been like the two most dominant players at this event over the last like ten years. So I guess it's quite fitting that in one of the last years of the tournament we have hopefully an epic match taking place between the two of them. Um it certainly would be nice to have more three setters. I was reading in um and, and Novak in his his post match conference against after after um after losing to Dominic team said that, you know, when he comes to face Federer you know, when we talk about that crowd, you know, the, one of the tactics he used in that Wimbledon final was around kind of visualizing that the crowd are cheering for him um, as opposed to Roger Federer. And I think he'll employ a sort of similar tactic um, at, at the O2 and, you know, obviously work well for him. And it kind of, you know, I think that crowd does play into Novak. I think he almost kind of draws even even better tennis from him when, you know the the you know the crowd are, cheer- are not cheering for him so you know I, I definitely think that's an in- interesting factor to kind of see you know how that plays out during during the, the match and you know I certainly think that the the crowd the crowd are going to have a an influence on you know potentially on on how that match goes yeah I mean yeah we, we'll be uh we'll be tuning in with great expectations tomorrow evening Joel um, let's move on and have a look at the other group so just today we have had our second third set of the tournament with another dramatic match um Rafa came back against Daniel Medvedev from what a set down um and what five, five one, one down, down in the third set yeah and five one and match point down. Was it match point? Was it actually a match point? Yeah. I was at work, so I was like just scoring. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> so it was like him. So it was like him. <laughs> um, so I was just like, I saw Rafa was three love down, and I was like, oh god, you know. Um, and then I was like, oh, he suddenly like a six five up. What the hell's going on? Um, and yeah, he did it. So he's still alive in the tournament. Um, so Rafa will have to beat Sitsipas. Well, it depends what happens with Zverev and Sitsipas tonight. As we're recording this, they've just kind of literally started. So, um, but yeah, that was, I'm glad Rafa had a win, has got a win because being there at the match on Monday night against Zverev, he did look, you know, like a shadow of his normal self. So I was a bit concerned that it was just going to be like, 
a straight sets whitewash from Medvedev today. I, th- I, th- you know, I, I watched, yeah, as I, said, I watched a bit of it, and I think it was clear that Rafa was playing a lot better tennis than he did, you know, in his first match against against Zverev, and. You know, we go, you know, we're obviously talking about, uh, you know, Grand Slam finals and, you know, Nadal versus Medvedev delivered in, in New York and it, it delivered again today. I think what's the interesting thing is, you know, Medvedev had chances to win that um, US Open final. And, and today he also had chances to win, um, you know, in, in the round in the round robin match. And, you know, he's he's failed both times. Um and I saw in the press in the press conference, I think the first question he got asked, which I thought was quite brutal, was, "Do you have a sports psychologist in your team?" And you know, and as and as much as kind of you know, this was a really great comeback from you know Nadal in the third set. You know, a lot of people on on Twitter and on social media are saying, you know, Medvedev choked, and you know, is this kind of you know, is this one of the weaknesses of, of Daniel Medvedev at the very top level in that he can get into this these positions but closing them out that is a that is a challenge that you know at the moment he's not he's almost not able to overcome yeah and I suppose now you know there is more talk about him there's more expectation you know we've sort of he's had such a great you know last half of the season (laughs) so it's like we expect a lot more from him so I think he's probably feeling that you know that pressure especially on such a big stage you know the top eight players of the world um, and you have to come in and play like immediately well, don't you? There's no kind of buys. There's no kind of early rounds against lower ranked opponents. Like you have to perform from the word go. So that, you know, it's a new experience for him as well. So he's probably just taking his time to to get into that. But I'm sure, you know, he'll be here next year, barring injury. So he can certainly, I'm sure, build on that. And um yeah, I'm glad. I mean, as I said, I I couldn't watch the Rafa match today, but it's nice to know that he had better timing, was just more on the ball than he was on Monday because he did look very off on Monday. And and Zverev played very well, served really well, but yeah, Rafa wasn't, you know, what we normally expect from Rafa. Like he did seem like he was very rusty, and you know, you could tell that he had 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 some time off. Uh, with you know having to rest that abdominal injury in the in the run up to this this event, but um, I'm not sure. Should we check in with the Zverev match because I think they would only have just started. But I don't know what to expect from Zverev Sitsipas. You know, there's a bit of a grudge a grudge match, isn't it, between them two? Yeah, and and Alex Alexander Zverev is playing. You know, as much as kind of Nadal was off in in that game, Zverev was playing absolutely phenom- you know phenomenally. And you know what what kind of what showed to me when I was kind of watching it on TV was, you know, his serve, his serve has often been criticised this season, but you know, against Nadal, it was absolutely on song. Um, you know, he was he was getting a lot of cheap points. He was getting, you know, he was starting a lot of service games. You know, fifteen love up because you know his serve was is was performing really well for him. And you know, it's something about London that he just, you know, he he absolutely loves. You know, he's obviously the defending champion, and I think he's now beaten Federer. Djokovic and Nadal um, three three times in a row because you know he beat them in the preceding semi final yeah, on the same final. court yeah what he would give to do that in a slam though hey <laughs> <laughs> exactly so um, yeah so he he is facing um, Sissipas this evening and you know, they're Sissipas on serve defeated. at the moment I think yeah they're on serve they've just started they're on serve um, but yeah I mean. 
Sitsipas, I was actually surprised that Sitsipas overcame Medvedev in the first round. I, I was picking Medvedev to win that one. So I think tonight's going to be very interesting. And I guess if Zverev wins tonight, he will go through to the semifinals. But if Sitsipas wins, he would go through. And then it would come down to the results on Friday as to who would go through out of Rafa and either Zverev or Sitsipas. I think that's correct. This round robin stuff can get a bit confusing at times. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think, yeah, with with Sissipas, yeah. Again, I was kind of expecting Medvedev to almost do the reverse on the reverse and and win that in in straight sets. But um, you know, I think that the kind of context of that match was in in the build up. Um, there were a few comments on Sissipas calling Medvedev's game boring, and <laughs> and 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 Medvedev responding in I think in like a in in Russia saying that um you know if it, that's fine if he wants to call my tennis boring so be it but you know he's going to he's going to give trash talk as well so um i'm kind of excited by that because i do think that you know if we kind of look at those sort of that crop of next gen players and, and compare them to you know the the big 3 who you know are, you know they're almost kind of like pr machines you know I, I, did you see that they did that little video of them you know, together on a, on a boat playing um, that kind of, they were playing like an electrical electric shock game when you, um, with the, oh, I'm not, I'm explaining it terribly, but <laughs> that game when you have like a, I, I a little magnet around. One. I need to go and watch that. I saw the one of all the players um, describing the tube stations, trying to like pronounce them, which cracked me up because they were all just like Southwark. North Greenwich, <laughs> which just oh, made me chuckle. Um, but yes, I know that they've had aggro in the presses, haven't they, really, with some comments directed at each other. I love how it's like really petty. And I'm like, yeah. almost like I'm, I'm all for it because, because of the fact that, you know, we're given this image that, you know, Nadal, Djokovic and Federer, they all, you know, they're all happy as Larry and, and get on with each other. Right? I kind of like this sort of pettiness that's already kind of surfacing you know, in the, in the next, you know, in the next gen between, between these players, you know, I think that's already been kind of documented this season between Sissipas and Zverev. And who knows, maybe it'll, it'll surface again this evening. But again, now with kind of Sissipas and, and Medvedev, there's an edge there and, you know, going into the next season. Is he just a bit jealous though? You know, that Medvedev has been like the man of the moment in the last six months. Sounds like he's a bit jealous. And I, I, I was called boring once in school um, by a friend. She was like, I'm not hanging out with you at lunchtime because I think you're too boring. So I'm totally sympathizing with Medvedev on this one. I mean, Um, do you think his tennis (laughs) is boring? No. I mean, if people think it's boring, then it's, it's been effective. So if, even if it is boring, it's certainly doing, doing the job like recently um but no i don't think his game is boring i tell you whose game i do think is quite boring that is john isner which incidentally you know most of the matches that the world tours have been like you know just straight sets the only match i think before the team Djokovic match to have been a three setter was isner chilich um in the last like 20 matches before that <laughs> really that's like of all the and that's just because neither of them could, could probably break the other serve. serve it's probably three times breaks yeah so i mean honestly that does not surprise me but what (laughs) what did what did surprise me was that you know this i think this group is i mean both groups have had their their shocks but 
you know, in this group, I think uh, I think it was yesterday. Obviously, Zverev beat Nadal, beat Nadal. Sissipas beat Medvedev. Sorry, two days ago, and I think Nadal and Medvedev going into those matches, they both had five and zero head to head records. So. You know, it just it kind of shows you. You know, you can't. You know, in in these kind of matchups, in these situations, you can't always look at the. You know, you can't always look at the head to head and the form book and 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 pick a winner because um, Zverev and, and Sissipas, who, you know, they've had. You know, you know, they both I think had ups, definitely ups, but also their you know downs this season have both brought their A game, and you know, this group is a really kind of you know it, it's still all to play for, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I mean, it. I think tonight will be a turning point. So. I guess most listeners will be listening probably after the Sitzpass Ferrov match has finished. But um yeah, like it's it's both groups will be going down to to the last days, which is which is good. Um it's great for the tournament, the excitement, you know, ticket holders. So um we we will see. But I think there's a very strong possibility in terms of looking ahead to like who would make the final. I think Djokovic team is a likely final because Djokovic well, team's going to win the group, isn't he? Djokovic would come second, so that they'll avoid each other in the semis, and then they'll probably just meet again in the final if they both win their respective semis. So we could be in for a, a rematch of that, you know, thriller from last night. That is often how it goes, you know, where you actually play each other twice. What are you thinking about Nadal's world's number one ranking? Oh, well, this is where it gets confusing again because Djokovic. If Rafa has to make the semis now, I'm confused. I'm confused. Rafa has to make the final or the semis or get out of the group stages to secure it. I'm not sure. Listeners, I apologize. I can't remember. It's beyond me. I can't remember. I'm just going to see what happens. And then at the end of the week, if Novak Djokovic... And hope for the best. Then he deserves it. (laughs) So um, I think, should we go for a quick ad break now, Joel? Okay, so we've done the singles, but we've also, of course, had the doubles taking place at the O2 this week. Um, so Group Max Mernier, this is probably the group that most people have their eyes on because it's got Herbert and Mahou, or Herbert and Mau, I should say. Um, and they are really the doubles pairing of the moment because they won the Paris Masters last week or two weeks ago. And they've won both their group stage uh, matches so far this week in straight sets. Uh, fairly close matches, but fairly untroubled at the same time um so they are through to the semis they're looking the hot favorites for this title um they only just missed out on winning it last year they lost in a match tiebreak they came really close so i think they're really really motivated for this one um but cabal and farah the world number ones um they've lost both of theirs so they're out um so from that group it's gonna be between your favorites joel kravitz and me's and Roger and Takao. So they'll be playing each... Oh, no, they've already played each other. So Kravitz and Mies are going to be playing... Oh, I'm confused. Kravitz and Mies... Kravitz and Mies will play Cabal and Cabal Farah. Farah. <laughs> I can't get my head around this. And then Roger and Takao will play Herbert Mahu. So, yeah, two two still live rubbers um, in terms of the second team to qualify from that group. Um, and then, yeah, Group Jonas Bjorkman, we have had Klaassen and Venus also winning both their matches. So they're through to the semis and they've actually won very comfortably three and four, both of their matches. Uh, and then we've got Ram and Salisbury. So Joe Salisbury, he lost his first match, but they won yesterday against Dodig and Palasek. 
So they've still got a shot at going through. Um, so have Kubo and Mello, who won, ma- won one match, lost the other. But Dodig and Palasic have lost both of theirs, so they're out. Um, so, yeah, Joe Salisbury's still alive. He still could, could do it for the Brits. Is that a shootout? It looks like it's so a shootout be then between a shootout Ram and Salisbury. Yeah, between Kubo and Mello and Ram and Salisbury. So, yes, um, that'll be happening on Friday. No, tomorrow. They're on tomorrow, aren't they? Tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> All eyes will be peeled then for British fans on yes. Joe Salisbury because, yeah, he's still, he's still in there. He's still got a shot. I mean, you know... Cuba and Mello, that that could be quite it's could tough. be quite tricky, but yeah. I think that's I still it's think winnable. that's quite winnable though. And a lot of people on our collector set predictions have also gone for Ram and Salisbury as their champions. Um, also, a lot of Bear Mahu uh, fans who have picked them. So I think all to play for. And yeah, I mean, thanks to everyone for taking part in our collector set uh, predictions feature. I think most people are still in it to win it with Djokovic um, being like the number one in the singles that we're all predicting. No one incidentally said team, I don't think. Um, a couple said Medvedev. So, That's so fascinating. <laughs> I don't think anyone said Zverev either. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> we're, we're but how many people ponies. said Roger Federer? Uh, only you, I think. Um, literally, I think me and maybe <laughs> one other person. Uh, what was I thinking? What was I thinking again? I honestly, when I saw that first result, Federer losing to team, I, I just hung hung my head in my hands, thinking, "Oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done?" Um, but I am a little bit more confident on how many on predicting the three set matches in the singles group because I went with quite a low number. I think I went with four, and we've had. We've had two so far, and I, I have a feeling it's going to be a low number. Yeah, I said eight, I think, which is ridiculous. Uh, that's very, <laughs> very wishful thinking. And I think there's already been five straight set matches. Kim, this is not so the WTA impossible. finals, okay? I know, this is not I the know. WTA finals. I just thought, you know, the O2 have had like very uncompetitive matches in the group stages in previous years. So this year was going to be something different. But what we were going to get a deluge of of three set matches well you know who who knows who knows ideally you would have wanted like you know john isner as the alternate nadal injured john isner comes in and just like has loads of three set matches no one can break his serve yeah um (laughs) (laughs) he's good for one thing no um but yes that's enough of the o2 for now um what else has been going on in the world of tennis, Joel? We've had a few retirements uh, impending, yeah. I think. We've had uh, Dominika Sabulkova announcing her retirement from tennis. So um, are you quite upset by that, Joel? Do you know, if I'm being really honest, I didn't <laughs> I didn't actually realise she was still playing tennis. Apolo- apologies. But, um, you know, obviously she was a great, you know, a great player in her day. And I think, you know, she, 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 had, she, what, she was former world number four, Australian Open runner-up. I, mean, I think she had a great career. She probably, you know, got the most out out of her, you know, her talent. I don't think you could say she was. She missed out on Grand Slams. No, you know, I she, think she made the most of her like potential. And I think getting to a Slam final. I mean, that was a very good show. She lost to Lena in that one. It was twenty fourteen. Um, I was at at the AO that year, and I do remember her kind of getting there. But even you know, at the time it was not like expected like she was quite a surprise finalist but interestingly her last match 
was back at the French Open. And she said in her like announcement, she said, um, it was strange because I knew and no one around me except my team knew that it would be my last tournament. Um, at that point, I was 100% sure I wasn't doubting or thinking maybe yes or no. I went home and was happy with my decision. So it's interesting that she's only just announced it now if she decided back in like June. I think that's quite interesting. How would you retire? Because I would like, I mean, personally, if it was me, I would like a big song and dance and say, right, this is going to be my last <laughs> tournament. This is my last tournament. And... And and yeah, everyone come and and you know say goodbye to me there, you know, and go on kind of a David Ferrer sort of you know farewell tour up until that point. Maybe she doesn't like the attention, Joel, because I couldn't think of anything more mortifying than having a song and a dance being so made. So you would do about a farewell me. tour? Would you do a shock a shock decision? Well, I don't know. I just I don't think I'd decide six months and then not tell anyone for six months. Like it's I don't know. It's interesting, but. But yeah, she reached. Um, well, hey, she reached four Slam quarterfinals, a French Open semi, and then the AO final. So she had a fairly good career. Um, I guess you could say, in terms of slams, she's a bit like Joe Conter. Few quarterfinals, mm-hmm. semis here and there. Um, but yeah, so Sybil Kova, um, she's quite young though. She's still only thirty. So, but we've also, perhaps more notably, had Thomas Burditch retiring today. Um, which is quite sad. He's set to retire, I think, on Saturday. I think he's going oh, over to... on Saturday, to, okay. He's, go, he's gone over to London, and I think there's going to be a, a little oh. presentation at the, the tour oh, finals okay. um, oh, for nice. him. So he gets a song and a dance. Well, yeah, exactly. But, you know, he's. I think it's sad that he's not, you know, he's not playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's always a little bit sadder when it's, uh, you know, retirement because of injury. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, you know, I think for Burditch, this is the case. I think he's had kind of hip problems, like chronic hip hop, hip problems um, that have just not been able to let him compete. And, you know, I think his last match was at the US Open. And I think that it says it all really when, when you're losing in the first round to American Jensen Brooksby in four sets. I mean, Sadly, I think that's that's the sort that's how far Burditch has gone from from being at the top to the you know to the very bottom, and that, that was almost the that was the last kind of straw for him. And uh, you know, it is sad because he was such a you know he was such a great and sort of consistent player back in the day. You know, it, it was it was that sort of like da, you know David Ferrer sort of esque consistency. You know, you'd always see him at the business end of of Grand Slams. You know, he got to the last four at the French Open and well sorry, all of all of them. And obviously the Wimbledon final in two thousand and ten, that was his sort of most notable performance in a slam. And yeah, obviously he's another one of those players that if he wasn't around when the big three were were also there, he would have probably won a slam or two, uh, if not more. But it's just these sorts of players are now retiring and it's ironic that they are retiring you know before the big three themselves um it's just like the gulf between them and everyone else just widens with each passing day um but yeah he'll be missed he's a player of our generation you know the the good old days when I got into tennis Thomas (laughs) Burditch was there and he's just one of those players that I'd always see around at tennis. So, um, yeah. So two sort of fairly big retirement uh, announcements. Also, another thing, Andy Murray had a boy. Him and Kim have had their third child and he's named it Teddy, uh, which is sweet. I quite like that name. Teddy Baron Murray. Quite like oh, that. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Surely, surely that kid is going to get bullied at school. Why? Ted, Teddy. Oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Teddy Murray. Listeners, what do you think? Is, <laughs> is that a good name, Teddy? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But whatever, mm. if <laughs> if you come back from um, from you know life threatening hip injury, then you can do whatever you want. And if you want to name your if you want to name your son Teddy, then then go for it. Indeed. And on that note, I think we'll draw to a close, and uh, we'll be back on Sunday or Monday to review the rest of the action from the World Tour Finals or the ATP Finals. Um, so yeah, if anyone's got tickets and they're going over the weekend, uh, or if you've got tickets for Djokovic Federer tomorrow or any of the other matches, have lots of lots of fun and thank you for listening. As usual, you can follow us and catch us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Passing Shot Pod. Let us know what you think of everything that's going on. If you've got any comments, uh, we'll also keep everyone up to date with Collector Set and announce the winner or the joint winners as there's probably likely to be um, at the end of the week. So until then, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.